podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am master life coach and mindfulness expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everybody to It's My Pleasure. I am so excited to be with you guys here today. I absolutely love doing this every week and I'm super excited about today's topic and I'm just like loving fall time. Like that crispness, I don't know what part of the world you guys live in, but here in Oregon, it's been really crisp, but then it's been nice because it's gotten sunny. So we haven't really gotten into the rainy season yet, which I also appreciate. Anyway, yeah, I'm just doing good. Loving life. So, you know, I was talking with one of my clients this week about last week's episode. And by the way, I love hearing all of your thoughts on these podcasts, like questions that you have, follow-up thoughts or insight. It always helps to inform what I need to spend more time discussing on these episodes and what I want to share with you all, because this is how we learn, right? We take in some information, we mull it over, we think about it as it relates to our life, we think it deeper on it, and perhaps then we have some follow-up thoughts about it, or we have follow-up questions. And I want to hear those. So if you guys listen to this, and even if it's like a week later and you have some questions, then, you know, hit me up. You can always email me directly. It's my pleasure podcast at gmail.com. You can also just find me on Instagram, Danielle Savory Coaching. Message me there. You can share your ahas and your insights in Instagram stories. I love sharing other people's, you know, takes on the podcast and what they're going through. And I'd be happy to share yours on my own story. Anyway, however you want to do it, get out there and continue this conversation. Because when we are challenging thoughts in our mind, then of course more thoughts are going to come up, right? And I want this more than me talking at you. I want this to be like a conversation where we can think of it as like, we're all on this team working towards creating a world filled with more pleasured women. Like, isn't that Doesn't that just sound absolutely amazing? Like instead of the sounds of silence, it will be like the sounds of deep moans and quickened breaths and screams of rapture. Like it's so fun to think about, right? That's what the night air could be filled with and you can help do that. So please reach out to me, keep the conversation going, share it with women in your lives, write a review, do what you can. Just keep it going. Keep talking about it. Keep like jarring your thoughts, like going deeper with your belief systems. I love it. So anyway, I was talking with my client. She was like, yeah, like I get it, right? I get desire and drive are different because it isn't this biological need. But how does that really change anything for us? And why does this even matter? And like, let's say that we find out that most men, remember I talked about in the podcast, 70% kind of are in this spontaneous desire camp. And most women are in this responsive desire camp. Like, how would that actually help anything? And my answer is it doesn't. Well, not directly anyway. So one of the reasons that I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to the different types of desire, last week's episode, right, talking about spontaneous desire and responsive desire and this sex drive, you know, belief system that we have is because of what is getting in the way 
of pleasure. The reason for this whole podcast is for women to not just be motivated to go after sexual pleasure in like this new and this empowering way, but to be able to actually experience pleasure, to go after your pleasure potential and ultimately to have mind-blowing sex, right? And for so many of us women, we have a whole lot of stuff that's getting in the way of pleasure. I would say like 99% are the thoughts, the belief systems, the habitual patterns of our mind that's actually preventing us from tapping into our bodies, from connecting with ourselves, from connecting with our partners in a pleasurable way. So desire, this idea about what desire is, is what so many women think is the problem. And not only do they think it is the problem, they believe that they have a problem with desire. Therefore, they are problematic. And when you think this is a problem or I am problematic, you are automatically viewing yourself in a way that is not accepting. You are rejecting you. You are rejecting this part of you. You are going to your doctor, to your friend, or to me saying, hey, I noticed this isn't going on. Like I don't have a libido. This is a problem. I am a problem. What's going on? Fix me. Or perhaps you just see it as this inequality between yourself and your partner as being problematic. So in this case, your partnership, the way you're fitting together is a problem. And you begin like seeing this As such, you begin seeing this as a problem. So this thinking or this foundational thinking that I need to meet my partner's drive, I want to want it and I don't, so that's a problem, or any other thoughts that are looking at your desire as a problem continuously is going to put you or your relationship in a place of less than, of shoulds, and ultimately like there is something wrong here. Now, can you see how that is problematic? Not desire or lack thereof, not you, but you're thinking about your desire. Thinking that you or your partnership is a problem will have a negative effect on your being able to access pleasure. Now, I can already hear what your mind is thinking like, yeah, but it is a problem. I want to have desire. I want to have mind-blowing sex. And we're not having that right now. So this is a problem. I hear you loud and clear. But. Having desire to improve or go after your pleasure potential is not off the table here. It's a very subtle difference, but it is a super, super important one. I can want to change without thinking there is something wrong with me, okay? I can see something I am wanting to create for myself, like for my future, for my marriage, without thinking we have to because we are broken, because there is a problem here, because we have to fix something. Does that make sense? It is coming from a place of love rather than a rejection of what is and what will create. That's going to create like all the difference in the world. The tone is different, you see. And this is the reason I like to bring up neuroscience and psychology and biological facts in this conversation. Does knowing them always make a difference? Does it actually change the situation? No, 
Not necessarily, but perhaps it changes the tone at which you approach change. And that, my lovelies, <laughs> is the most important thing. We can start with a tone of acceptance, of love, and then we're ready, like already starting ahead of the game. We're already building that trusting and loving relationship with yourself because you're on your own side from the get-go. And that's going to help create this proper environment inside of you so that pleasure can emerge, so that she can be seen, so that you can be seen. If it is all helpful to think about this like teaching or raising children, which I do think it's helpful when you're wrapping your head around this concept of approaching this from a loving place. So imagine if I were to speak to a child, let's say, who had dyslexia and I'm like, oh, my God, why are you reading like that? Like, what's wrong with you? Why is it taking you so long? We have to change that. You shouldn't be acting that way. Like, seriously, come on, get it together. Can you imagine Like, what do you think would happen? She's probably going to shrink. She's going to want to hide. She's going to want to avoid the thing you're asking her to work on, right? And if this went on and on, she would go about thinking that something is wrong with her, that she is wrong, that she needs fixing instead of being the whole beautiful human being that she is. But if I simply point it out to her, like, hey, your brain just is wired a bit differently. It just works a little bit differently than some other people. There's nothing wrong here. Then she can get where she wants on the journey. It just is going to look a little bit different. And guess what happens? Her shoulders relax. She may be able to stand up straight and feel at home in her skin. She may be willing to figure it out, to keep going, to try until she gets the results she wants. You see, it isn't from this lack in her, but seeing it from a place of love and what is possible for her and not thinking it's problematic is going to allow for this deep amount of compassion and understanding to be at the onset of the journey, to be there to support you all along the way. And this, my friends, this softer approach to yourself, this acceptance, this deeper understanding, this not seeing yourself or one aspect of yourself as a problem or broken or wrong will help you connect with pleasure. It's going to help you feel safe being you. And that is what I want above all, safety in who you are. Because when we feel safe with ourselves, when we then we're more likely to embark on a self-discovery journey, right? And that's going to lead to a pleasurable outcome. We befriend who we are, like every single delicious inch in order to become the woman we are capable of becoming. But we can't become her by rejecting her right now. It's not how it works. The other thing that I mentioned to my client, and that I also mentioned at the end of last week's podcast, you might not have caught it, is that all desire talk set aside, really the conversation that we want to be having, really what's truly important here is creating satisfaction and enjoyment with sex. Am I right? 
Because like the more than increasing desire, my aim is to always help create more pleasure. And that is more enjoyment with sex. And I think that it's pretty obvious that as we learn how to have more enjoyment with sex, then we're more likely to feel motivated to actually have it because it's fun, because it feels good, because it's pleasurable, because we actually enjoy it, right? So more than getting our head wrapped around desire, let's get our head wrapped around what the end goal here is, right? Which is satisfying, pleasurable, toe-curling type of sex. So we could get caught up all in our brains about the type of desire. Or we can just make note of it. We can notice, oh, this is good for me to know. This allows me to relax my shoulders. This allows me to approach myself in a more compassionate way so that I can move towards enjoyment, so that I can figure out what is really satisfying. But how do we get there, right, to enjoying that is? Like to being able to wake yourself up to experiencing pleasure if you don't really want to have sex in the first place. It's kind of like this whole chicken and egg thing, right? Does that mean you should be having sex if you don't even want to? Like, should you just bite the bullet, drop the panties and hope for the best? Is that what I'm saying here? Well, kind of. I kind of am saying that. Sort of. But my aim is to have you to understand this at a deeper level and where it doesn't actually feel so like in opposition of yourself, right? Where it feels more like it's for yourself, not like, oh, I'm going against my will. Like I'm not making myself do this horrible thing. And this is what I want to talk to you more about today. This idea of wanting and how you can help yourself learn how to love sex, even if you don't want to be having sex like all the time, right? It's not super desirable thought having sex. But to explore this question more, it is important for us to look at the players that are at play here. And this is where I would like to enter the siren and the sage. (laughs) These are just two voices in your mind. I like to think of them as two different selves. These, the siren and the sage, are just names that I have made up to get my point across about two distinct regions of the brain that have very different agendas. And when we understand these two entities and when we can see them at play, we can see them more clearly. You're going to be able to begin to decipher whom, in fact, you're letting inform your decisions and if you're okay with what you notice. So when it comes to change, like any kind of change, it is challenging because there are two very distinct parts that you're ultimately struggling with inside of your skull, right? (laughs) The part of you that wants to stretch and grow and become and the other part of you that wants to try and maintain the status quo to keep that sense of knowing and being in control by keeping things just the way they are. The voice that wants to grow and stretch the one who is concerned about your future you and what you want for her, that is the voice of the sage. The other voice, the voice of the siren, the ever enticing song that lures you back with reasons that seem so justifiable, so believable, but ultimately kill that woman you're working on becoming. Yes, that's a siren. So to make a change, and in this case, let's just say the change we are working on is enjoying sex. And in order to figure out how to enjoy sex, we need to be having it, right? I hope we can all agree on this one. So having sex, learning how to have more enjoyable sex and learning how to access more pleasure in our bodies and with our partners. Okay, so that is the change, 
from the person you are now. You are becoming a pleasured woman or a more greatly pleasured woman. That's a change. Okay, we're on the same page. So to make this change to becoming a more pleasured woman and to stick with it. So it's not just a one time, you know, hanky panky that felt good, but someone who you truly are a sexually empowered, pleasured woman. It is learning how to recognize these two competing selves and creating an internal environment for that sage self to be heard and ultimately to make choices consistent with the voice of the sage, the one connected with the longer term desired outcome, the one that is aligned with the life you're wanting to create for yourself, the woman who you are desiring to become and to continue becoming. So just like in Greek mythology, right, the siren song is one where the appeal is hard to resist, but that doesn't always end with like a conclusion you're actually wanting. You don't get the result that you really ultimately want. So the siren self is coming from the part of your brain, the less evolved part of your brain that doesn't really want to change. It can be misleading here because in your mind, you might be thinking, but I really don't like where I'm at. I really do want to become somebody, you know, different, or I want to improve this part of myself. I do really want change. So it can feel uncomfortable. And you may be wondering like, why would any part of me ever choose this right now? But alas, it does. Because change, even for the better, even for the pleasured woman is still change. And that takes energy and effort on the brain because it is recreating who you are, how you're viewing the world. And as it relates to sex, how you're viewing yourself, your sexuality, your long held sexual beliefs, as well as how you may be viewing your partnership. So like, that's a lot of change, right? And the brain's like, no, no, thanks. I'm going to opt out of that. And that is where the siren self is coming from. This part that doesn't really want to opt in for all of the effort and the work that it's going to take to change all these neural networks that have been operating undisturbed for a really long time, right? So some other distinguishing characteristics that are that of the siren that the siren's concerned about is with avoiding pain and going after immediate gratification, and I think this is one of the most important things to know and one of the easiest narratives for you to recognize once you become aware of it. Like the siren will have an urge to stay in habit. So it's not actually necessarily pain, but think of it as discomfort, right? And in this like habit, in this pattern, it's likely that having sex when like that would be the uncomfortable thing to do when you would rather just like avoid it. Like you would rather probably work on your business or have a glass of wine or watch Netflix or go to bed early. Whatever is definitely <laughs> more about the immediate gratification. So think about just like, yeah, I mean, I could, but like, I'm also fine right now. I'm actually totally fine without it. I don't really need it. I don't really want it. I'd rather just, you know, watch my own show or read my book or listen to a podcast or go learn some more or work on my business, right? All of these things, because going and having sex is the more uncomfortable thing, according to your mind at that point, in the evening, after you've already done a lot during the day, right? Are you with me? The siren also gets really impatient. So she wants immediate change. 
So this is another way to identify if it's the siren speaking to you or the sage, right? So she wants immediate change and she doesn't really have a lot of patience with the process. And at the same time, feels like she truly just doesn't have the time. Like, I really want this. I totally want this to change. I wanted this to change like yesterday, but you know, I just don't really have time to dedicate to it right now. I'm so busy right? That's the voice of the siren. And the voice of the siren also might understand what she wants. Like she's like, yeah, that would be great. I do want to feel like a more intimate connection with my partner. I do want to experience more pleasure with sex, but that just seems really hard. And like, it seems like so much easier for everybody else. So the siren begins to see herself as like a snowflake in this situation. Like everybody else has got it so much easier than me. And I'll probably never figure it out. Those are some other things that you might hear. The song of the siren is going to lure you with ideas of staying cozy and comfortable rather than exerting effort and giving it a go. It's so much easier to come home to keep up with the normal everyday habits, right? Like the way that you speak to your spouse, the closeness you keep, but just enough distance. You don't really have to have sex, right? The zoning out or staying in busy mode, no matter what, maybe even that habitual pattern of feeling stressed all the time about one thing or another. The siren is a creature of habit and the automatic. It really would rather operate on autopilot and that's kind of the name of the game here. Now, the voice of the siren is also full of a lot of doubt in your ability to follow through, like in actually being able to get the results you want. So maybe you have this desire to become a pleasured woman, to have mind-blowing sex with your partner, but the siren's going to be like, yeah, but do you think that's really possible for you? I mean, I see other people doing it, but do you really think you could follow through? Do you really think that you could have that. So it kind of inserts this voice of doubt. Or maybe you do have some hope that it will work out, but not right now. So the siren is all about the not right now. Like once the holidays are over, or once work slows down, or once the kids are out of the house, once fill in the blank, someday is one of the siren's favorite sayings. Now, the sage self is represented by the decision part, like making part of your prefrontal cortex, okay? This is the more evolved part of the brain. And the sage is able to put off immediate gratification for long-term gain. This is the more like the part of your brain that like can really see or at least can imagine to see what you want in the future and go after that. And when this part of your brain is activated and listened to, it will have the ability to acknowledge the siren, but not really listen to her. Okay. So the sage wants greater connection with others. She has a bigger perspective or outlook on experiences, like more balance between the two nervous systems, because she's not just reacting to triggers of fear or doubt or worry, but is methodically acting from a place of thoughts that were created and chosen ahead of time because they lead to her, the ultimate destination that she wants. Because these thoughts, are being thought purposefully because she sees where she wants to go and she's looking at the things that are serving her to get her there. 
the sage self can see through like a wider lens about where you are aiming to go, where you have been and how it all fits into this like larger aspirations and goals and results you're working on. So in terms of pleasure, the sage is able to see how this benefits every aspect of your life, how it will add to the overall satisfaction that you have, to the presence you have, to the compassion you have, to the connection you have with yourself, to that confidence, to that courage, to that empowered part. That pleasure is so much more than just in the moment, but will fill you up on a very deep level. The sage self can see that in the moment and beyond. The sage is connected deeply to the body, the mind, the heart, and the larger, harder to pinpoint knowing. Like if you want to call it the soul or the inner wisdom or that expansiveness or the spirit, universe, God, whatever you name it, right? The sage is deeply connected to this part. The sage self is also mindful, aware on purpose of how thoughts create your reality, that when feelings need to be attached to, like, or when feelings like need to be attended to, that's what I meant to say, when feelings need to be attended to and behaviors need to be addressed, the sage is very mindful of all of this stuff. It pays attention on purpose to all the pieces that are at play here. And choices the sage makes, though sometimes scary are still coming from this greater knowing and this understanding. It's not what you are like expected to do or what you might call your social self, that self that needs approval from others might say, but because it is in deep integrity with who you are and it's concerned with your wholeness and your potential for what you're capable of creating for yourself. It's not a people-pleasing sort of self, right? The sage is not concerned about just getting validation or approval or people-pleasing or how it's being seen, but more importantly, what's honoring my wholeness? What is aligned with my integrity? What am I possible of creating? And I'm going to work towards that. The sage self wants to make time now, even if that means giving up some other things. It's very aware of the trade-offs or the sacrifices because this self can see the gain and the payoff from a more real deep level of satisfaction down the line. It's not like, oh, I want your life to feel hard and shitty. It's nothing like that. It's more like, ooh, this is kind of uncomfortable. This might be a more uncomfortable choice. I know, but stretching this way is going to pay off. This is what you truly want, and it trusts in that. It can withstand the heat a little bit, you know? You can make it through some discomfort, like that uncomfortable conversation, that awkward sexual encounter, the attempt to please yourself, or even show your partner how to please you that like ends up the opposite of pleasing. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? The sage self can keep all of this like with a lightness and a playfulness and a curiosity because the desire to create the future it wants is so much more powerful than these small moments that might be a little bit uncomfortable. And not only is the sage willing to withstand these uncomfortable situations or even emotions, but this self is willing to take action, like to actually get into the arena, right? Like to put yourself out there in new ways, try new things, keep showing up in the bedroom, in the relationship, in the pleasure playhouse, so to say, where you're really trying to just figure things out. The sage also knows when to bring it 
like when to bring in outside help and support. Like this sage self isn't afraid of collaborating to help you reach your long-term destination, talking with somebody, getting the support you need along this journey. So that's the distinction between the two and why it is important and why I wanted to bring these two competing selves up is because when you insert mindfulness into the game here, you can become the observer like we've talked about many times on this podcast and you can become more aware of where the inner dialogue is coming from and then you can make more informed choices. This is why I think that becoming a pleasured woman can sometimes be like one of the more challenging changes to make because at the heart of it, we just want to want it. Like we feel like we're supposed to. We want it to be easy. We see this being the case for so many of our male counterparts and sometimes other women in our lives. Like it just seems easy for them. But when we notice that we don't actually want it. We think that there's something wrong with us. We think something's gone wrong. So when you're looking at desire, there are very distinct types of desire at play. The desire to improve your sex life, the desire to lean more into pleasure, to have mind-blowing sex, that desire, that desire is coming from a super deep place, a place of wanting something more for yourself now and in the future. And then on the other end, we have sexual desire, right? Like what most of us consider this desire, the sexual desire, the desire to actually want to have sex. This is what I went into in last episode. To me, this type of desire, whether it's spontaneous or responsive desire, really is less relevant here because to be honest, in the moment, you might not want to do it. The wanting part isn't there, at least in the moment. But you have to remember that up above, you do have a bigger wanting. You do have a bigger desire, and that's the desire for things to shift and change. So right now, you might not want it because, you know, we talked about that responsive desire mechanism. But really what we're talking about here is the siren is at play. The not wanting to change the part of the self that in that moment when your husband starts kissing you or grabbing your buns or when you see sex is scheduled on the calendar, the most immediate thought will come from that siren like, Ugh, OK, right? No, thanks. Not tonight. I'm too tired or tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be so much better. She's going to tell you it doesn't matter. She will tell you that, you know, the kids and this and give you so many like excuses and reasons. She's going to work so hard to sing her song of comfort and less effort. But when you can see this clearly, it makes it so much easier to choose from the sage self, that quieter voice that is willing to move through the discomfort for the sake of growth for a future you truly, truly want. So coming back to that question I posed at the beginning, should you be having sex if you don't want to? And my answer is like, maybe. Because it depends on who it is coming from. What part of the self, what part of the brain, what part doesn't want to? That's the more important question. Is it the siren speaking to you or is it the sage? And which one do you want to listen to? 
So I've put together a worksheet for you guys so you can dive deeper into this and just really help you uncover the types of things that your particular siren and sage might be saying. So I brought up some examples in this episode, but it's really important for you to flush out the voices because the more aware you become of what your mind is telling you at any given instance, it will become easier to be like onto your brain quicker. It's going to be easier for you to identify this and still proceed with a choice that is coming from your sage self and move forward. Even when you notice that very seductive, very justifiable, very convincing voice of the siren. So you can go to danielsavory.com slash siren sage. You guys, thank you so much for joining me today on It's My Pleasure. As always, it's been my absolute pleasure being your host. And I hope that today's topic about the competing selves when making a change will help you create more space to become the pleasured woman you are wanting to be. And if you're really, really ready to stop wasting time, working with me one-on-one is the most time-efficient, fun we have a lot of fun (laughs) and pleasurable way to get you to that place where you get to discover how to enjoy sex again. All my spots are currently filled, but I do have one opening coming up later this month and I'm currently taking consultations about those now. Who is going to fill that spot? Maybe it's you. So go ahead, hop on over to daniellesavory.com, fill out an application. We can hop on the phone. We can chat more and see if you are the next person I'm going to be working with. Have a lovely day. Take care.